Luke chapter 4 and beginning to read at verse 18. This is an amazing passage of scripture. It was perhaps primarily this passage of scripture that if I can say, although it was destined to be, sealed Jesus' fate. But he was claiming here to be the Messiah in what he did. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, is in the synagogue, because he hath anointed me to preach to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, and this is what sealed his fate. This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears, because he was claiming to be the Messiah. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said unto them, You will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And he said, Verily I say unto you, No prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel at the time of Elias the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. I wonder why. And they rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him unto the brow of the hill whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. But he, passing through the midst of them, went his way. They couldn't touch Jesus before his time had come. And came down to Capernaum unto a city of Galilee and taught them on the Sabbath days. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. Amen. Okay, so we are here at the beginning of this 40 days, and I, I should say uh, right at the beginning, let's not, uh, we, we mustn't confuse this with some of the 40 days uh, Lenten series that, that we've done, because I know as soon as you hear 40 days, you, your minds uh, go straight to kind of uh, Rick Warren and, uh, and some of the great uh, uh, studies that we've done all, but this is this is uh, like as I said, this is a, a Baptist Union initiative, and isn't it great to think that every uh, well every Baptist church in the country has been encouraged to. It's obviously it's up to them whether they go with it, but I know lots of churches that are doing, and they're just encouraging people uh, to do a very simple thing to share the good news of Jesus Christ in between uh, the period of Easter and Pentecost. And uh, wouldn't it be great if we if we came back next week and uh, one or two people had stories of uh, of how they had shared the good news? I've already given one card away. Uh, we had a boiler fitted this week in the manse, and uh, and uh, isn't it interesting? I mean, I've got an advantage because I'm a, because I'm a Baptist minister. Uh, it's very easy for me to get into conversations about Jesus because people say, "Well, how did you become a Baptist minister?" Uh, why, why are you a Baptist minister? And of course they don't realise it, but they're asking me to share my testimony with them. <laughs> and uh, this boiler guy, he was really interested. He, he describes himself as, a, as, a, as an atheist, uh, but he had lots of questions 
the same questions that most people have. You know, well, how can you believe in God when there's all this suffering in the world and uh, all those sort of things? Uh, but don't think for one moment that people aren't interested in, uh, in hearing uh, the good news. Whatever you do, wherever you go, don't think, don't be misguided in thinking that people don't want to know. They might not be interested in, in organized religion. They might not be interested in church, but what people are genuinely interested in is you and your story. People are genuinely interested to know, why is it uh, that you believe in God? How have you overcome these, these questions? Uh, you know, how has it affected your life? So this whole initiative is, is about encouraging people just to share the good news. And so we really want to uh, encourage people to use these cards, to look for opportunities to, to say this prayer with people or to give this card to people and say, you know, go away and pray about it. And, and you can you can put, I believe when Phil Jump was here, he said you can put the minister's name and, and telephone number on the back. Well, you can do if you want. Uh, you can put the church's number on, on the back as, as you give these cards out. So do take these cards. Don't just, don't just take them and, and put them in your pocket and forget about them. And two years later, you know, think, what, what was this all about? Use these cards and, and pray uh, over these cards and look for opportunities uh, to share them. You see, we live in a world that is often a, appears to be dominated by bad news, don't we? We live, in a, we live in a world that's often dominated by bad news stories. There's been another terrorist attack in wherever, in Brussels, in, in, in Pakistan. Uh, and uh, I don't know about you, but uh, whether the newsreaders think this, but I'm sure lots of people think, if only there was some good news to be heard, if only there was some good news to be heard, because we, we live in this world that's dominated by uh, bad news. And, uh, you know, we're not called to ignore the bad news. We're not called to, to bury our heads in, in, in the sand and, and go around with a, a, a goofy smile on our, soul, on our faces as if nothing bad was happening in our world. That's not what we're called to. That's not what sharing the good news is all about. Um, we are an Easter people, but we live in a Good Friday world. We're an Easter people living in a Good Friday world. It's only a few Sundays ago when we were up on that hill in the freezing cold, uh, singing and shouting and celebrating the fact that Jesus is risen. And uh, whilst it's great to celebrate, uh, celebrate that on Easter Sunday, we celebrate that every Sunday because every Sunday is a reminder that Jesus is risen and that Jesus is alive. And that's good news. Uh, but it's not just good news for us. It's good news for the world that we live in. We're an Easter people living in a Good Friday world. The Good Friday world is a world of, of rejection. It's a world of betrayal. It's a world of loneliness. It's a world of pain. It's a world of suffering. And it's a world of death. And uh, this is the world that you and I live in. And this is the world that everybody else lives in. But you see, Jesus came back from the dead. And Jesus, in coming back from the, the death, dead, he's overcome these things. He's, he's overcome rejection. He's overcome betrayal. He's, he's overcome loneliness. He's overcome pain. He's overcome suffering. And he's overcome death. And this is good news. This is good news. And preaching good news, this is our message. We have a message of good news. 
And the idea is that we're supposed to take this message, just as the children had those balloons and, and they started spreading them about in a fun way. And uh, did you see how people just naturally joined in? Wasn't that lovely? And I know some of us are getting a bit old for playing with balloons. Uh, but wasn't it great how people joined in with what, what people, the children were doing? Well, preaching the good news, this is our message. We have a message of good news to take to this world. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed to me to preach a message of doom and gloom. No. A message of fire and hell. No. A message of sorrow and judgment. No. Jesus says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news. The sense in which Jesus, in, in Luke chapter 4, he's announcing his mission to the world. He's saying, this is who I am, and this is what I am about. A message of good news. This is what... Um, names just escaped me for a moment, but this is what... Uh, Tom Wright, you're right. You're absolutely right. Tom Wright, how could I forget? Tom Wright says about this passage, he says, the passage he quotes is about the Messiah. But though the text goes on to speak of vengeance on evil, he's talking about the quote in, in uh, Isaiah chapter 61, if you read it, it goes on to talk about vengeance and evil. Jesus does not quote that bit, which is interesting. The servant Messiah has come not to inflict punishment on the nations, but to bring God's love and mercy to them. Check it out, check it out what Isaiah says in Isaiah 61 verses 1 and 2. Jesus misses out that bit about vengeance and judgment because he has come with a message of good news. And that was his message, a message of good news. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news. And the Spirit of God is still anointing people today to preach that same message of good news. So preaching good news, this is our message. And we find it in every gospel. In Matthew 4, 23, Jesus went throughout Galilee proclaiming the good news. In Mark 1, 14 to 15, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. Repent and believe the good news. And right at the beginning of Luke's gospel, what was it the angels said? I bring you good news of great joy. Because today, a saviour has been born. Jesus not only preached a message of good news, but he was that message of good news. So, preaching good news, this is our message. What is it we've got to say to the world? We've got a message of good news. Remember, we're not ignoring the bad news. We're not pretending that everything's okay when really it's not. We're not saying that if you follow Jesus... All your problems will disappear, all your ailments will disappear. We're not saying that. But we are saying that we have a message of good news, that Jesus is alive, that he's risen, and that he can transform people's lives. So we're preaching a message of good news. This is 
what our good friend, you see, we can't get away from Rick Warren, says about the good news. He says, once you've been a Christian a while, you forget how miserable it was to live without hope. You forget what it was like to worry where you would go when you die. You forget what it was like to have a life full of guilt and fear and regrets. What happens is that the longer you're a Christian, the more you tend to take for granted how good the good news really is. And there's a sense in which we probably can agree with that, that uh, because we've been a Christian for a number of years, we've forgotten what it was like to not have the good news. We've forgotten what it was like to, to worry about our eternal destination. We've forgotten what it was like to feel that, that this world is hopeless and there's no hope. We've forgotten what it was like to, to, to not have that hope of the fact that God is with us and that he can change and transform any situation. And we've forgotten how good the good news really is. It is really good news. So preaching good news, this is our message. And then secondly, practicing good news, this is our method. This is what we are to be about. Because Jesus didn't just preach good news, he practiced good news. When you read the Gospels, wherever Jesus went, crowds of people gathered. Why? Because Jesus was good news. They felt that if they could get to Jesus, that he could make a difference in their lives. So Jesus practiced good news wherever he went. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed. If the gospel isn't good news for everybody, then it isn't good news for anybody. If the gospel isn't good news for everybody, then it isn't good news for everybody. Wherever Jesus went, he brought this message of good news. I wonder whether we believe the message of good news is good news for everybody. Or is it just good news for the few people? Jesus said it was good news for the poor. The poor don't often hear good news, do they? The poor often hear bad news. There's no food, there's no money, there's no shelter, there's no friendship. The poor are used to hearing nothing but bad news, and Jesus says, I'm going to be good news for the poor. But the good news gets better because he says, he says it's good news for the prisoners because the prisoners are going to be released. And many people in our society are imprisoned. I don't just mean locked up away, so lots of people are locked away, but I mean imprisoned in all sorts of other ways. They might be imprisoned in a, in a relationship that they don't feel they can get out of. They might be imprisoned in, a, in an addiction that they can't uh, find release from. And Jesus says, the good news is that prisoners are going to find release. But it gets better because Jesus says it's good news to the blind because the blind are going to be given sight. And of course, Jesus didn't just say this. You know, it's easy to say things, isn't it? You know, I, I, I can come up with a whole list of things uh, that I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to tidy my office. Uh, I can say that, but, uh, but uh, unless I actually get around to doing it, it doesn't really mean anything. Jesus didn't just come out with this message and, and say, you know, that uh, it's going to be good news for the poor, for the prisoners, for the blind. He went about, and he was good news. 
He released people from all sorts of uh, evil things that were happening in their lives. He, he set people free and he gave sight to the blind. He, he enabled the, the, the lame to walk. He did all these things and it was good news. And so we've got to make sure that we don't just preach a message of good news, but actually uh, we don't live it out. Because we see enough of that, don't we? In, uh, in, in the world, people who make all sorts of promises and then don't carry them out. We need to be a people that, that not only uh, preach good news, but practice good news. And it will be good news to the oppressed. And many people in our, in our world today feel oppressed. Uh, maybe they haven't got a job. Maybe they haven't got the money. Maybe they've got all sorts of, of fears and, and worries and, and, and these things just oppress people. And Jesus says that he can f- release people from oppression. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, is Lum Baptist Church good news? When people walk around Burnley Road East and they see Lum Baptist Church, do they think this is good news? I wonder. Well, let me encourage you, because I suspect if you're a child and that you went to the local school, water school, you might think Lund Baptist Church is good news, because that's that church that gives us a, a, a real Easter egg at Easter, that gives us a free Easter egg. So they might think, well, Lund Baptist Church, that's quite good news. If you were an elderly person and, uh, and you lived uh, in the area and you came to our lunch club, you might think, well, actually, it's good news because they provide a meal at a, a very reasonable cost and we can sit down and we can share fellowship with people. And uh, they might think, well, yeah, Lund Baptist Church is good news. And there's probably lots of other ways in which we are affecting and touching people's lives. But one of the challenges of this 40 days of good news is to think of other ways in which we can be good news. And one of the ideas that we were discussing at the Deacons meeting is whether we should do another fun day. Whether we should get some more balloons and, and bouncy castles and, and burgers and just bless our community. And uh, myself and Michael want to hear from you if you would uh, want to support that because it does need a lot of uh, effort, a lot of work. But it's one way in which we can be good news to our community. We can say, come and share uh, in what we are offering. And uh, when we've done that in the past, it's gone down really well. And I know from talking to people within our community... Uh, somebody was only saying to me a couple of months ago, oh, you didn't do a, a fun day last year, did you? Uh, people noticed, and so maybe uh, we need to be thinking about doing that during the 40 days. How can we be good news in our local community? Practicing good news, this is our method. And not only is Lum Baptist Church good news, but are you and I good news? Are you and I good news? When we walk into the room, the people smile and think, oh great, such and such a person's here. Um, or do they think, oh no. Only you can answer that. But are we good news? Because you see, it seems to me that when I look at the gospel, that people flocked and crowded to Jesus because he was good news. He was in the business of transforming lives. And sometimes we forget that, don't we? We can, we, we, we can do church and we can have a good time and we can, you know, we can enjoy ourselves. But we're not here for ourselves. We're here to reach other people with the good news. We've been affected with the good news and we want to take that good news outside to other people so they can share in what we've discovered. So we're to preach a message of good news, we're to practice good news and then finally we are to be about prioritising good news. This is our mission. 
This is our mission. This is why we're here. Like I said, this was Jesus' mission statement. You know, when people come up with a mission statement, they think they're doing something new. People have been issuing mission, mission statements for 2,000 years, and this is what Jesus' mission statement. He says, this is what I'm about. And he was announcing who he was. He was saying, I am the Messiah. I am the person that can come and save you. And of course, as we read through that passage, we found straight away that actually it's quite a dangerous thing to do. Because people were upset. And uh, we read that all the people in the synagogue were furious when he heard him say this because he was claiming to be the fulfillment of Isaiah's words of prophecy. He was saying, this is what Isaiah said would happen when the Messiah came. Well, I'm here. And the people were furious and outraged. And uh, they had it in their mind to throw him down off the cliff, but he walked through them and the crowd went away. So if we prioritize it, if we make it our mission, um, you know, we may face opposition. We may face opposition. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And he was talking about Jubilee, this idea that there would be a year, you know, when uh, debts would be cancelled, where uh, property would be returned. It was good news. It was the year. And, and Jesus saying, this is it. This is the time here and now. I'm going to bring about these things. And he did. We can read about it in the Gospels. This is what Jesus did. And we are to make it a priority. This is Steve Chalk uh, in his, in his uh, book, the, uh, the Lost Message of Jesus. He says, why does the attention exist in our society? Why does the church believe that it's preaching good news while the public invariably think that it's a message of bad news? Added to this is the countless churches are filled with the tired and the weary who are struggling with the burden of, of living the Christian life. Somehow, the liberating message of Jesus has been lost. Somehow, that liberating message of Jesus has been lost. We've been set free. We've been released. We've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And we need to regain something of that Spirit of God within us that anointed Jesus and will anoint us to be a people of good news. So prioritizing good news, this is our mission. And we do have a mission statement here at Lund Baptist Church. And this is our mission statement. Uh, to bring people to faith in Jesus Christ and into membership of the church family. To encourage them to grow into Christ-like maturity and equip them for the ministry in the church and in the mission in the wider community in order to magnify God's holy name. This is what we're saying we are about as a church. This is our mission. But it's not just a, a statement on a, a piece of paper. This is what we want to do. And uh, we've highlighted those things, membership, maturity, ministry, mission, magnify. And the idea was, was we, could, we could actually see how we were getting along. We could, we could actually judge whether we were being successful in bringing people to faith in church, bringing people into membership, uh, growing people uh, to mature like uh, Christ-like maturity, equipping people for ministry uh, in the church and in the wider world and uh, magnifying. These are things that are measurable. We can actually measure whether or not we are doing these things that we claim that we are about. So prioritizing the good news, this 
is our mission, to make the good news a priority. Because in church, it's very easy to get distracted. We're very easily distracted on all sorts of things that actually stop us and prevent us getting on with the missions. All sorts of serious things that, not, that, that, that we're not to ignore, but we've got to be careful that as a church we just don't get distracted or bogged down with things and actually present, prevent us um, preaching the good news. And this 40-day period is just an opportunity for us uh, to refocus uh, on mission. And I'm preaching the good news. And so that's why I want you to take these cards. And I seriously want to hear, uh, you know, it'd be great, wouldn't it, if we could hear some stories next week of how people are just had opportunities, you know, pray for opportunities this week uh, to share this card with somebody, to talk to somebody, to get into a conversation. Maybe just carrying this card around you will be the incentive that you need uh, just to see opportunities. Because I'm sure, like me, that you miss opportunities. Uh, to share something, you, you'll, you, you'll, 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 you'll come away from a, a conversation. You, you'll have that feeling. Should have said something there, uh, maybe about God. Should have mentioned Jesus. And we've all done that. We've all been in those situations where we haven't brought God or Jesus into the conversation because of fear, fear of how people will respond. But let me just reiterate: I think people are actually interested. I think people are genuinely interested in uh, in this God of ours. I think they'd love to hear some good news. And maybe you're going to meet people this morning, uh, this week rather, uh, who, who are living in that Good Friday world of suffering and of grief and of loneliness. And just as Jesus transformed through the resurrection, Jesus can still transform people's lives. Amazingly, through people like you and people like me. So let's take these cards and let's use them and let's be preaching the good news. Let's be practicing the good news and let's be prioritizing the good news this week and in the weeks to come. Amen.